Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Breakfast with Gary and Tim. The wonderful world of wine. Uh, the Georgie boy Samuels in a moment to talk about something that I know nothing about and Tim does. The, the racing, you've thrown the whole thing into disarray. We had a look at the Rosie, as you call it. Yeah, the track, yeah. 1,500 metres. So basically they start down the back straight. Is that what you're saying? They start in a small chute and at the end of the I back know where straight. They start. They start in the back. Yeah, at the back straight. And how long? Because Anavista has drawn sixteen, which is the outside. Yep. How long have they got of that straight for her to get across? About <laughs> seven hundred. Right. Yes. Okay. Which is what I said. And then will that be enough to have a beautiful to have? Well, Nash- you tell me. I don't know. Nash for cash. Will he have you beautiful? Well, she's position? going to have her work cut out to get across, isn't so, she? Uh, try Jason Richardson. See if we can have a quick chat with him before we go off here. The majority this. of winners at Rosie start inside barrier 11. Oh, well, I do know that. We'll ask, we'll ask Richard. Oh, no, uh, Georgie Boy, welcome. Good morning. Lovely to talk to you. Uh, having listened to Wispy's comprehensive track report, will you be get, backing Ana Vista? Well, I don't think so, mate. There's a lot of confidence there, is there? Although, although there are a lot of people talking about it, so well, who knows? What's your favourite snack when you're sitting there watching TV of the night, George? Oh, I like a little bit of pistachio nuts, mate. Just have a little bowl of pistachios. You can't yeah. put it in the glass of fortified and uh, put the feet up and watch the bombers on a Friday night. You can't yeah. eat it. I like a pistachio too, although I like yeah. someone else to open them for me. Why is that? <laughs> well, it's a bit of a pain in the neck trying to open pistachios and watch the telly. Oh, you're you're talking about the ones still with the shell on them. Well, you can, yeah, yeah, well, you right. can get yeah, a pistachio yeah. without the shell. They're not no, the same. Not no, the same. no, no, it's not the same, mate. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah. we've been talking about soil because of the deck over there in India. We don't know whether we're going to be playing on a red soil uh, surface or a black soil. How important is soil? And what are we hearing about the Coonawarra? Well, yeah, that's all. I heard you talking about that this morning. And, yeah, red soil in Coonawarra is super famous. And for those that haven't been through the region, if you go through there, um, go to one of the wineries, and they've normally got pits where you can walk down and have a look at this famous terra rossa soil. Terra rossa, of course, is Italian for red soil. Um, it's soil that we find in lots of Mediterranean areas around the world. And, and because of the Coonawarra climate, it is Mediterranean. Basically, it's turned red over millions of years from the iron ore that's in the limestone below the soil, and it leaches the red colour out and turns the soil red. Um, so the redness of the soil doesn't help the wine, but actually the properties of the soil do. Right. So is there clay under there as well? Yeah, there's a combination of clay. And one of the unique things about Coonawarra is that when it rains there, the rain doesn't sit on the top of the soil for long. It goes through pretty quickly but then it forms almost a little puddle under the soil between the limestone base and aquifer it's called and so that's what hydrates the vineyard from below it's it's really mm. special area for grapes um and the soil is bright right is that why it's is that why it's similar to the uh, parts of france then is that right yeah yeah correct and if you go through spain um israel north africa places that have got a mediterranean climate 
um, and limestone. It's got it's all mm. to do with the limestone base. You know, obviously the limestone region in South Australia is known for it. Hey, George, I read in the paper that um, 300 Bordeaux vineyards are switching to olives and walnuts. Why is that? Yeah. And should the WISP do the th- same thing? Uh, well, you probably should. I don't know yes. if we get any walnuts or olives either because we don't get much of the wine. But, uh, no. no, that's an interesting story, Gaz. Um, and it's, it's you know, when people freak mm. out and think it's Bordeaux and the classic Grand Cru areas, it's not. It's the outer areas of Bordeaux. And it's purely because of the economics that they're just struggling to sell their wine and climate right, So they're producing so too they're much worried. wine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And also the climate's changing down there. So they are looking at alternative crops. Now, the issue is going to be for them that they don't have a lot of water. So I'm not sure if those two crops are going to be ones that work for them. But uh, there's an oversupply and the climate's changing and they don't think it's going to help them make better wine. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Is there a danger that the Australian, you know, with our exports to China perhaps, and others, can we be in the same boat? Can we make too much wine? Because a lot of wine doesn't get sold and then they're sold as clean skins and that sort of stuff. Is that a problem for us? Uh, it has been a problem. Uh, the wine industry has cycles. They're about every 15 years and probably at the moment we're at one of the, the top end of the cycle where there is probably a little bit of commercial wine lying around. Um but it changes pretty quickly uh, because you have some vintages that don't perform as well. Last year, a lot of the growers didn't really pick a lot of their grapes, which is which is not great for them, but it balances things out. Um, and the international markets are still growing. So I believe that the cycle will change again. Hey, Rod Stewart uh, has apparently been sending Ange Postacoglu a crate of wine every time they beat uh, Rangers. He's a big Celtic fan over there, Rod Stewart. He's a bit tight with his coin, Rod Stewart. What sort of wine do you reckon he might be sending, Ange? Oh, yeah, well, over in Scotland, you know, it would be interesting to see what Australian wines over yeah. there. But I do remember, actually, I was at a function once. I remember seeing Ange necking quite a bit of Shiraz down uh, one lunchtime at Crown. So it'd have to be an Australian Shiraz. But Scotland does import a lot of Australian wine, so he wouldn't find it hard to get it. What's the recommendation this week, Georgie boy? Got the pen poised. Uh, we found a little Merlot. We don't Ooh. often talk about Merlot yeah. because generally it gets blended with Cabernet because it probably just needs a little bit of structure. But I stumbled across this Merlot. It's about 25 bucks. It's called Irvine. Oh. Uh, so I-R-V-I-N, Spring Hill Merlot. About 20 to 25, South Australian Merlot. Drink now. You don't put it in the cellar. Um, have it on the weekend. It looks good. Uh, a lot of questions coming through for you this morning too, George. Um, the wine, the – what is it? The Penfolds wine, the 704, is that being made in the Napa Valley? Is it over there in California? Yeah, that's right. It's a mirror image to 407, so it's a Cabernet, but it's grown in the Napa. And the origins of that wine, uh, some cuttings were taken in the late 80s by a Penfolds guy and planted over in Paso Robles in uh, California as a bit of an experiment to try to transport Australian DNA into a different terroir, as they would say. And 30-odd uh, years later, uh, wines are coming out of there, and this wine mm. um, is a 100% now, but it's made in the Penfold style. And without getting too technical, it looks like a Penfold's wine, but you can tell it's been grown in America. Georgie, last weekend off before your bomber starts, so uh, spend it wisely, my friend. Um, we've got a big six months ahead. Yeah, thank you. George Samuels hey, there, the most authority voice in wine.